0: chapter 93 ad-duha the morning brightness by the morning brightness this particular chapter was revealed after the fatra an interval during which the prophet received no new revelations during this period the prophet was distressed and anxious confounded and perplexed overtaken with melancholy and worried that his beloved seemed to have abandoned him for no apparent reason. He felt incredibly lonely and scared. Almost all exegetes and hadiths relate that chapters 93 and 94 were revealed to console and comfort him, as well as to strengthen his spirit. The chapter begins with two oath-like assertions. By the night when it is calm." Darkness and silence covers everything. Sometimes, night refers to the time when the sun has just set and darkness gradually diminishes its light. At other times, it refers to the time when darkness has encompassed everything. The latter is called sujoo, and the phrase saja al-layl means night has enshrouded everything with its darkness. The above two verses call attention to two contrasting phenomena, growing splendor and abject darkness. During the day we are engaged in our daily activities, and during the night we relax, unwind, and replenish. These two verses refer to two recurring and ongoing events. Your Lord has not forsaken you and is not incensed. The verb وَدَّعَ is derived from a root that means to become distant, and to forsake, a development that could be either temporary or permanent. The phrase مَا where the particle ma signifies negation, denotes that God has not done any of these. If this is the case, then why is the Prophet so worried, upset and saddened? The phrase ma qala denotes that God is not angry with him. At various times, people break relationships for no apparent reason or because they are upset. In this case, the first conclusion is that God has neither abandoned nor become angry with the Prophet. And the future will be better for you than the past. The second conclusion from the first two verses is explained in this verse. Some exegetes opine that akhirah means the hereafter, as opposed to the present earthly life. However, in our opinion, it comes from a root that means final, or to come later, and thus should be contrasted with Ula, first or at the beginning. Henceforth, this verse informs the Prophet that the harsh conditions he has encountered so far will improve and that his mission's difficulties, opposition, and pressure will gradually subside and eventually end. Your Lord will surely grant you a reprieve from the mission's difficulties, or a recompense in the hereafter, and you will be content. And the third conclusion in this verse, the word sofa, is prefixed before the verb with the particle la to emphasize the certainty that god will soon grant him a reprieve from the existing hardship calamity and enmity that will make him happy and pleased this glad tidings may signify people accepting his message which would facilitate his mission or the recompense that he will enjoy in the hereafter if it is the latter he is being counselled to remain hopeful realize that this world is fleeting and that he will be generously rewarded in the hereafter. This chapter's initial two oaths of day and night could represent the revelation's initial guiding light, followed by a calm night that encompasses everything, a sort of temporary period during which people can recover and re-energize. No one knows for sure the divine wisdom behind this interruption, however, The majority of exegetes speculate that God decreed it so that the Prophet could recuperate. Others believe that it was to show the deniers that God, and not the Prophet, was revealing these words, and thus it was up to him when Muhammad would receive and recite them. Did he not find you orphaned and give you shelter? God cites examples from Muhammad's pre-prophetic life. It is customary to console one's friends who are enduring great hardships and feelings of hopelessness by relaying their own experiences in this regard and how they managed to overcome them with God's help. Likewise, in the next three verses, God reminds the Prophet of some of these. The Prophet's early childhood was a tragic one. His 25-year-old father, Abdullah, died a few months before he was born, which made him an orphan in the eyes of his society. It was a common practice at the time to send all newborn sons to the desert to be wet-nursed, since Mecca had a reputation of epidemics and a high infant mortality rate. The Prophet's mother, Amina, passed away when he was only six years old, thereby making him an orphan on both sides. The loss of his parents at such a tender age deprived him of a father's guardianship and a mother's affection and loving embrace. His grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, took care of him until his own death two years later. Muhammad's financially destitute uncle, Abu Talib, then assumed the responsibility of raising him. Clearly, his first-hand experience of being an orphan, especially in the harsh tribal society that shaped his childhood, is an experience that is easy to narrate but hard to digest. God reminds and consoles the prophet that he had taken him under his care so that he could bear his difficult childhood. This was the first consolation. Find you wandering in need, lost or unrecognized, and direct you or the people. Many exegetes believe that all prophets, from Adam to Muhammad, along with everyone in their lineage, were born as monotheists and guided even before birth. This verse, on the contrary, says unequivocally that God had found him wandering, and thus guided him does not imply that God brought the sinning Muhammad to the right path after he had deviated from it, but that he provided him with Hidayah, which means to ensure that one reaches the destination as opposed to mere guidance. Therefore, even a pure or humane person is Zal, because one's conscience and reason is not enough to direct and then lead either oneself or others to the final destination. Where would we end up if God did not take such a task of providing Hidayah upon himself? We cannot merely rely on our wisdom to correctly understand this world and the hereafter, how to treat our friends and foes, and to realize what is in our benefit. It is in this context that one can say that the Prophet was unacquainted with any scripture or faith. Find you in need and enrich you. The Prophet spent part of his youth working as a shepherd until his destitute uncle, Abu Talib, introduced him to Khadija, who hired him to lead one or two trade journeys. Totally impressed by his exemplary conduct, purity, honesty, truthfulness, and high morals, she sent him a marriage proposal. Although she was 15 years his senior, had already been widowed twice, and had grown up children, Muhammad accepted. All of a sudden, Muhammad the trustworthy, Amin, found a job, a home, and a refuge. Khadija, mesmerized by his noble character, put all of her considerable wealth at his disposal to support his prophetic mission, a sacrifice that enabled him to better disseminate his message. God reminds the Prophet of the different phases of his life, how he was always there to protect him and always will be. Thus, there was no reason for him to feel annoyed or distressed. God consoles the prophet by reminding him of three special gifts and grace, and three conclusions in the next three verses. So do not be harsh with the orphans. This verse, which starts with the particle therefore, fa, reminds the prophet of his own turbulent journey through life and how it felt to be an orphan. It is one thing to know about something, however, it is an entirely different thing when one experiences it. Having personally tasted poverty, loneliness, and being an orphan with every cell of his body, he is instructed not to mistreat them, look down on them, or oppress them. This is the first social lesson of his prophetic ministry. And do not chide and rebuff the petitioner. Sa'il means a needy petitioner or a questioner and Nahr means to chase someone away harshly. Some people rebuke petitioners severely, saying that they have their own problems and cannot be bothered with others' problems, adding insult to injury. The Quran clearly advises Muslims to treat a petitioner respectfully, with kindness and apologies, even when they are unable to help In reality, just using the petitioner's soft and respectful voice is a gift. Let those unfortunate people know that you feel embarrassed by your current inability to help and assure them that you will do so in the future, if you can. The need does not even have to be verbalized, for all one has to do is look around to see why such unspoken questioners or petitioners exist. This was the second social lesson of his prophetic ministry and proclaim the blessings of your Lord. Proclaiming God's blessings is a very beneficial undertaking, for it inspires people to appreciate his help during difficult times and how he delivers them from challenging and hopeless situations. This is also beneficial and educational for others. People usually keep their financial status concealed on the grounds that others might start asking for money if it becomes known that they are rich. This behaviour is typical of wealthy people. However, the Quran instructs us to share the favours that God has bestowed upon us with others. Remembering and sharing these favours is healthy for our own psyche and others because doing so reinforces our positive experiences. There are times when painful memories of the past make us depressed, sad and somber. When confronted with challenges, we should look at our past and focus on how God blessed us and helped us overcome our earlier difficulties. All of us have experienced such things in our daily and professional lives, as well as in our relationships. We have been the beneficiaries of God's boundless generosity countless times and are sometimes dumbfounded by the way he led us out of hardship. Two crucial lessons can be derived from this chapter. One, take good care of the orphans and be sensitive to their plight. And two, acknowledge God's innumerable blessings. The prophet, in one of his supplications, says that all of our blessings, eyes, ears, health, wealth, comfort, and parents, originate, from Him alone, the Glorified.